Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta, over there. To my actual left is Daniel Kern. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. Uh, it's another Monday at 9, 12 p.m., which yeah. is basically just like our designated recording time now, just anywhere in this range, because unfortunately both of us have lives, sadly. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate, because... Uh, that's the that's the thing that really sucks about being an upperclassman in college is you actually have to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't just go to classes and do homework and that's it. Yeah, it was fun like when between the months between like mid May and late August when we didn't really have lives. Mm-hmm. We had somewhat of lives, but not to this extent. And it's also very funny to look back on our freshman year when we had a designated time slot two days a week in the middle of the afternoon. Like, we could just never do that now. Yeah, no. No, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, what day are you, like, always free on Tuesdays? Oh, never. Yeah. Like, there's not right. a time. Yep. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that specific day. Uh, yeah, I have... I have a lab, and then I go to the newspaper office, and I'm sure you have stuff here in Weiser's. Oh, I have very much stuff here in Weiser. I work down here. Yeah. Uh, but I also just could never free up any time because, like, this just can't take priority over so many other things. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure same goes for you. Yeah, and, you know, we've 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 already built we've, – we've already kind of built this ship anyway. So, yeah. you know, we're this is 211 episodes, you yeah. know. When we when we put this on the resume, if it's if it's two hundred eleven or two hundred eighteen, I don't think it's really gonna matter. No, <laughs> we're gonna be fine. Yeah, um, that's not to say that there's like an end of the podcast coming. Yeah, no, like we definitely we just... this definitely is one of the better parts of our week. Yes, it's it's not because we don't want to do it. It's, it's because we, it's when we're the least busy. Yeah, it's because it's it's not because yeah, it's not because we don't want to do it. It's just because we haven't been able to find. The most time. But anyway, uh, we are back here, luckily, yeah. at least still at least once a week. Yeah, um, and we are going to have to step it up for the postseason. Definitely. Which we'll figure that out once we get there. We'll figure it out, you know, maybe maybe some inside townhouse pods, yeah. maybe outside townhouse pods. Yeah, that's all. Well, I mean, there's less space out there now. Uh, oh, yeah, you can't sit out on that. Yeah. Have to we might have to our... bring chairs from inside and like a yeah. table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> that'd be that it's a very funny visual to imagine yeah 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 i don't know <laughs> but but yeah definitely we'll have to step it up luckily like we're only doing once a week when season regular season's winding down and there aren't really a lot of playoff races um one that just ended was the american league central yesterday the guardians uh clinched it and really what I will say as a reflective thing, it was a matter of like, who was going to actually take the AL Central? Who wasn't going to back in? And the Guardians decided they were just going to be that team. Yeah, and good for them. They went 18-3 uh, over the last 21 games. Obviously, this resulted in a... They swept the Texas Rangers on the road over the weekend. They had a 10-4 to win in the last game. Everyone's just been stepping up on that team. Like, they're just very good all around. Um... We'll talk about, you know, their playoff expectations once we get there, but 
I mean, they really, yeah, like you mentioned, they stepped up big yeah. time. Yeah, they obviously stepped up and, you know, uh, you know, just kind of doing it the same way they've been doing it all season. Um, just their base running numbers, defensive numbers look good. P- uh, pitching numbers look good um, on both starting pitching and bullpen. Uh, I mean, both both parts of that pitching staff are sneaky good, especially the bullpen. Bullpen has a lot of guys with great strikeout to walk ratios. Um, you know, Emmanuel Classe has established himself as a top three closer in baseball. Uh, you could definitely say even just relief pitcher. Yeah, just relief pitcher. Um, but you know, now holding the, you know, has has been for a while the uh, the title of closer. Trevor Stefan is uh, has emerged as a great as a great. Uh, James Karinchak has reinvented himself. Yeah, uh, Eli Morgan seems to be doing very very well as well. Um, Sam Henches from the left side also yeah. has seemed to be uh, doing things doing things right. So, I mean, and this is also something that I discussed with you off air, but like with how the Guardians have been doing, I like. And seeing how the entire American League playoff picture has turned out, I can't count out any American League team in this playoff picture to potentially win this pennant. Yeah, I mean, I think the only team that you can do that with, if they make it in, would be the Orioles. Yeah. Like, I think that team is still, you know, if we're talking competing in the playoffs, they are very incomplete. You know, they've been in it and they've been a great story. And it would be cool if they made it in, but it would probably become at the expense of the Mariners, which would also be a very cool story. Yeah. But you're right. right. Like, there is no single American League team right now, assuming that it ends up being the Astros, Yankees, Guardians, Blue Jays, Rays, Mariners, that you can be like, well, that team isn't going anywhere. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, they all have they all have their reasons why they can be a legitimate threat. Uh, and that's what makes it fun. I think the Guardians are going to be a fun team to watch. I, I thought, I thought you know, a month ago, that that three versus six matchup was just not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. But now I think it's going to be a nice, a nice competitive yeah, the winner, series. The winner of that one is most likely going to get the Yankees, and I think either of those teams can battle the Yankees. Yeah, you know, the Guardians, if they if they end up winning that, there's that interesting story where you know they were at Yankee Stadium in April and like. Miles Straw was like yelling with a fan in center field, and like the Yankees hit a walk off and then had to run out to the right field bleachers to tell their fans to calm down. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that would be a fun rematch. Of course, the Yankees and Guardians slash Cleveland have a very good storied playoff history. You know, they've that this would be the third time in the last six postseasons that they've faced each other. Yeah, between 2017, 20, and then 22. Right. They also faced each other in you know 07 and in the 97. Yeah, and there was definitely others, but you know these teams—they've battled each other before in the postseason. I think it'd be fun to see again. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it definitely would be fun to see, and also considering like the trends of the two teams, the Yankees like they had their struggle period, but now they're out of it. But like yes. the the Guardians are are red hot, so I mean, and you know I think there have been articles done about like how much does momentum carry over into the postseason? And they said it's kind of inconclusive, but, um, you know, it, it is case by case. And, I mean, you look at the Braves last year, that's kind of, I mean, they carried that in. And yeah, they didn't they didn't have to face elimination once 
Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, they, they won in four against the Brewers, six against the Dodgers, six against the Astros. Yeah, pretty. You know, they they had a a, a postseason where they went uh yeah eleven and five and beat some really good teams, um, especially the Dodgers. Two one hundred win teams and a ninety or wait no two ninety five win teams and a one hundred six win team. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And they won eighty eight. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I can't get past how. <laughs> interesting the guardians are as a team yeah so the next point that i was going to get into um i think the main storyline with their roster is just how young they are oh, yeah. you know like over 90 percent of their plate appearances have been uh guys under 30 90 of their innings pitched have been guys under 30 and the craziest thing about this is from september 5th to now which is when they started that 18-3 run jose ramirez has kind of not been there yeah like he has a 7-11 ops which is still, you know, it's around league average, but you'd expect the guy that's leading your team to lead your team during those times. And it's not a knock on him that he's not. It's just impressive that everyone else has stepped up in that time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, I did notice Ramirez has two home runs in his last 28 games, which isn't a travesty, but it's definitely off pace for for Jose Ramirez. And, yeah, and I, I mean, if you want to look glass half full, it's like, Oh, you know the the Guardians are capable of doing that without him, and just wait till he heats back up. Exactly. Potentially come you know playoff time. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that I, I would like to see in the playoffs again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, know, he had kind of the same stardom in twenty eighteen, I guess maybe not seventeen, because I think that was kind of Lindor's team. Yeah. But you know this will be. I mean, this will be the first postseason where it's Jose Ramirez's team. That's true. That's Which very I think true. is very cool. Yeah, that's very true. And I think, yeah, he, he deserves that that spotlight, no doubt. Maybe, yeah, like 2020 was still indoors team, and that didn't even really count as a postseason because... Yeah, no. Like, come on. It was two nights and it was over. Um, two nights with no fans and a heartbreaking game two loss. Like, they were right. leading in the ninth inning of that one with, like, one out, I think. Yeah, Shane Beaver, like... Shane Bieber gave completely up, collapsed. Gave up like half of his season's runs. Yep. In the, in in that the one first game. like three innings of that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the Guardians, like I should share a couple stats. But like just very basic, but like how interesting I do find them. Like, you know, they have the second least home runs in all of baseball. Only the Tigers have less, and I mean look that at, was a historically bad offense once again from Detroit. Yeah, and who look, actually have have been in the news lately as well. Um, right, and look at where the Tigers are right now; they're in last place. Um, but yeah, the Guardians are uh, they have the lowest strikeout rate, but also the fourth lowest walk rate. So I mean, they're putting the ball in play; they're not really walking, uh, and they have the third most stolen bases. Uh, in the league as well and I mean stellar defense I think top five in outs above average and defensive runs saved um so yeah I mean it's an interesting team it'll be it, it it'll be it, a very interesting clash if they you know it'll be funny to see them potentially against the Yankees where like the Yankees are kind of the opposite where they rely on you know more power um I think they ha- they have the highest walk rate in baseball. Yeah, and I would guess maybe one of the higher strikeout rates, but uh, that could be 
I could, could be, be a guess. I it's could be probably, generalizing yeah. with like Stanton. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, Guardians are. I think, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be a fun team. Fun team to watch. Just, uh, I think my proudest moment from this season has to be putting Stephen Kwan as my Guardians player to watch. Yeah. No player on this team has a higher F4 since September 5th, the time in which they've gone 18-3, than Stephen Kwan. He's slashing 326, 408, 488 for a 159 weighted runs created plus. He also has 1.2 F4, complemented by solid defense and <coughs> running. He has had 11%, I talked about this preseason, but he has an 11% walk rate and a 5.1% strikeout rate. Yeah. Which wild. is so cool. 163 ISO, which is actually pretty good by his own standards. He has three home runs during this time. That's impressive. Um, Oscar Gonzalez has also broken out this year, and particularly in this stretch. 315, 347, 573 with six home runs for a 159 weighted runs created plus. Andres Jimenez also has 159 weighted runs created plus. That's three total people with that exact uh, stat line. Yeah, and uh, Shane Beaver has found his... Cy Young form, um, you know, I, I don't know the... I, so is Tristan McKenzie. Yeah. Like, he's probably the Game 2 starter. Yeah, yeah. Tristan McKenzie's, uh, he's he's definitely been... It, it kind of started, it, I think it started a few months ago. Like, his, he, he had a crazy stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's one other starter think I'm forgetting about. Maybe it's not Cal if, Quantrill. Oh, Cal Quantrill has been there. Uh, oh, I, who else has been there? Aaron Savali. Um, he's been. He has a very good FIP actually. Uh, Aaron Savali in this span, only ten innings pitched, only two starts, but uh, eight point ten strikeouts per nine, zero point nine walks per nine, no home runs allowed for a one sixty two FIP, a three six ERA, but whatever. I think if there's one question mark with this team, it's probably rotation depth. Like, yeah. you know, those games three and four. Especially yeah. assuming they go through the wild card series and they can't throw Bieber and McKenzie till games three and four. Right. Like, games one and two are going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. That's gonna, that's what's going to be interesting about the wild card series is, like, assuming you go three games, like, you're going to have to rest your guys, especially because there's no rest in between. You know, like, if you're Shane Bieber, you're going in game one, and then on one day's rest is game two, two days rest is game three. That's probably a travel day. So that's three days of rest going into the uh, the series, which means you're going to have to be working on short rest to pitch in game two. On, on, if not, you're just going in game three. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it would be... Yeah, I think it would be short rest if they, if they wanted you to go game one. Um, but four days rest is... That's once every fifth day. So Yeah. So I think that would be normal... Yeah, I think that would be normal rest. But, but that means, you know, like, if it's Guardians-Yankees, game one is Garrett Cole versus Aaron Savali oh, yeah. or Cal Quantrill. Yeah, right. Which right, is a little right. bit of a mismatch, but... Yeah, it can be. But, I mean, if the Guardians can steal that one, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But that sets up really good potential for the rest of the series for them. Yeah. Because then it's, like, Cortez versus Bieber. Mm. And then it's, like, I don't know. McKenzie. Would it be tie on game three against McKenzie? Would they throw tie on game three? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yankees, Yankees have been Yankees are interesting right now. They are, but um, but yeah, I think yeah, rotation depth could be interesting for the Guardians. I know, 
the team last year who suffered the most from lack of rota- rotation depth was the Rays um, in, in the postseason. Yeah, where they, that proves to matter. That like they had, they were 162 uh, heading into the postseason, and they were the team was on the upswing. Like they were, they were on fire, but. You know they lost in four games to the to the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean like their top two were McClanahan and Rasmussen, who are, were still not fully developed based on their performances this year. Yeah, it was, like you know McClanahan Rasmussen looks way better right now than it did last year. Yeah, it was. Plus you have Kluber now. Well, I remember it was it was rookie McClanahan and rookie Shane Shane Baz who I think yeah who started game two who had what twelve. Major league innings under his belt. Unfortunately, he is getting Tommy John surgery. Yeah, which, which sucks. What a what a turn of events for that trade. Right. Like I still don't think the Pirates won it because Chris Archer really didn't contribute much. But like the Rays didn't just destroy them. Yeah, no. Like they really didn't. Like Glasnow was was cool for a couple regular seasons. He was awful in the World Series in 2020, and really just throughout that postseason, he was having some tough times. Yeah. But, like, Meadows is gone. I guess the best thing about it now is that Meadows turned into Isak Peretti's. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Worked out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the the Rays were the team that we saw, you know, not work out with, with lack of rotation depth. But it is also important to, to say that it's not all about starting pitching matchups. You can't, with, you know... In in a in general baseball, you can't just look at today's probables and determine that's you know the team with the better team probable is mm-hmm. or, or starting probable is going to win that game because I mean yeah especially in the playoffs like very rarely do we see guys just completely take over in a playoff game from the mound because the team you could argue because everyone is on a short leash because on the flip side the team you could argue who had the best rotation. Uh, heading into the playoffs, lost in four games also. In the yeah, and because their offense put up a total of uh, one run in four games. To definitely don't don't track fact check that. But yeah. they did win the one game. I believe one nothing. Yeah. So like maybe it was like three nothing. I don't know. So like you know it's it's more it's more than just the team probable. You, you know you got to take into consideration uh, offense as well and, and bullpen of course. Um, but that I think bullpen gets considered. Quite fairly, yeah. Um, so yeah, Guardians—they won the division. Uh, White Sox—I mean, we've been talking about them all year. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll. I think we should save a White Sox segment for a different time. Yeah, like I think we already know what our take is and what our thoughts are. Yeah, that's true. But man, what a what a disappointment. Yeah, really. And we we talked we talked about it too. Is it? Could end up being a positive. Could end up in a managerial change that is uh, very necessary. That would make it so you know the White Sox could compete in the next yeah. two to three years. Um, I I mean Rick Hahn built that team for so many years, and was you know in 2017 people were hyping up the 2021 and 22 White Sox, and that's how it got ruined. Yeah, like I don't know how you don't just walk away if you're him. Right, it's it's hard. It has to be hard not to. But uh, the next bit of news we'll get into: uh, the uh, Mariners locked up another uh, another guy, 
they have a lot of guys under control for a long time, which is good. Uh, you know, Jerry Depoto seems to be putting together some, some a roster that's full of, you know, guys you want for a long time. And uh, that is uh, exemplified with a five-year, $108 million extension for Luis Castillo, a starting pitcher for the Mariners, who... Uh, he didn't have the best game yesterday, but he's been a pretty positive impact um, he's since coming had to solid Seattle. solid FIP numbers. Yeah. Uh, 312 FIP, 334 ERA, and 59 in the third innings. He's almost qualified for the 2020 season. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> been he's been quality for them. I mean, going back since uh, the start of 2019, he has a 132 ERA plus. Um, and he's been generally pretty healthy throughout all those years as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a solid extension. We prefaced this for a little bit. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, so it was five years, one hundred and eight mil. That's good for like what twenty two a year. Uh, yeah, I think twenty one point six. Yeah, uh, it's it's solid. I mean, the Mariners have two young starters that are already proving that they're legit in Logan Gilbert and George Kirby. Like, Kirby is a legit ace. I don't care. I'll, I'll say that right now. Yeah, he's pretty sick. They have a lot of rotation depth, which is probably a lot of why I don't want to count them out. Um, you know, but they're building around this rotation. They've already locked up Ray. They have Castillo. They have those two. Like, this is a team that is going to win a lot of games with, with this core. Yeah, and... Uh... Did you say? Did you talk about Logan Gilbert? I did. Yeah, Logan Gilbert. I, I highlighted George Kirby a little more, but yeah, yeah. Logan um, Gilbert is also very solid. Yeah, Gilbert has. Yeah, he's been becoming. You know what he was projected to be. Um, you know, in just his second year uh, as a as a regular starter in the MLB. Yeah, uh, yeah. You gotta you gotta love this. We we and we talked about the potential of an extension for him. Just what? Yeah, at the trade deadline when they yeah. acquired him, because you know the Mariners gave up what the number eighteen prospect in baseball, uh, their their number one prospect, uh, Noel V. Marte, who's a shortstop uh, in that system, as and well then, as some others, as well as like I think it was another top one hundred prospect, or at least a guy who was like number six in their system. Yeah. So you know it was a big haul. To get Luis Castillo, and we were thinking, you know, Luis Castillo, he's twenty nine or thirty right now. You know, if they're if they're giving up that much, they plan to have him around for a long time. When they acquired him initially, they had uh, they had him on, you know, he was under control through twenty twenty three, and then uh, now now he'll be under control through at least twenty twenty seven. And then there's a there's actually a a vesting option or. Um, Yes, it was like I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Oh, it was like if he gets hurt and has to miss, I think it's twenty twenty five through twenty seven. There's they have an option for twenty eight. Yeah, there's there's an option for twenty twenty eight as well. Um, so yeah, <coughs> so yeah, the Mariners. Uh, yeah. What do you think about what Jerry Depoto is his is locking up right here? I mean, it's hard not to like it. You know, like, Luis Castillo has been an ace pretty much his entire Major League career outside of, I believe it was last year when he got batted to death in Cincinnati. Yeah. And 
you know, he's he has no he's not really sh- showed any signs of slowing down in this past year. You know, I think he's revitalized himself and become the Luis Castillo that we've all come to know. Yeah. And I really like him in Seattle over Cincinnati for sure, long term. Yeah, absolutely. Um and you know, if you're you know, Luis Castillo has to like T-Mobile Park much better than Great American oh, absolutely. Ballpark. It's not even a debate. Yeah. Uh don't have to go too in depth on that one, but um yeah, he's always had great strikeout numbers. Um his walk numbers have gone down this year, which is great for him. Um and you know it's good for him definitely deserves it uh kind of kind of been an under the radar guy for a little bit the mariners also you know we're just talking core pieces they of course locked up julio uh yeah for the next decade plus which is encouraging yeah you know, they're they've always kind of had a kind of impromptu bullpen almost you know paul yeah. Silo has kind of established himself as a closer but they're very much guys in guys out in that bullpen and it's worked since 2021 yeah, and then because of how, uh, because of how young uh, Kirby and Gilbert are, they both have five more years after this. I think Kirby has six more years after. Uh, yes. After this, of at least control, um, you know, unless they wanted to trade one of them. Uh, unless Kirby the, gets top two in the the Rookie of the Year voting, which yeah, that's probably true. he probably won't. But I think there's a a pretty good case to be made. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I honestly, there is a very good case to be made. Yeah. Like, I think Adley kind of has more of the star power. Like, Julio's winning it. Like, I think that's pretty determined, but it's probably between Adley and Kirby for one and two. Yeah. Which is cool because it, it almost certainly means that someone will be benefiting from that, from that rule. Right. Because, you know, Adley's <laughs> not extended yet. Uh, Kirby is not extended yet. And it's weird to say that, you know, if, maybe it feels weird to say that because they're so young into their careers, but we've seen teams lock up guys this early in their careers before. Yeah, or even before they being stepped the on a major league field. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah, I think, I, yeah, it just depends how the voters go. And s- sometimes I do underestimate the voters because um, last year I did not expect them to put burns in it as the Cy Young um but yeah they did um so yeah so yeah Castillo's locked up and the next bit of news uh we can get into before players to highlight is is uh you know big event happened how's it going um Big event in Los Angeles, Saturday night. Friday night. Friday night. Yes, Friday night. Uh, Albert Pujols hits number 699 and 700. Back-to-back at-bats. Back-to-back at-bats, which is crazy. So dope. Uh, love to see it. Yeah. Pretty pretty nuts. I mean, it's amazing that we've gotten to this point. Like, I think I asked... Uh, I asked you before the season, like, what are the odds he stays and gets there? Because he needed 21 home runs to get there before this year. And the, the conclusive response between the two of us is was like, well, if he's going to get to 21, like, he's going to have to return for 2023. Yeah. And he got there, unbelievably. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's uh, it's been a surprise, obviously. And, 
I mean, who would have thought that, yeah, like I'm just looking at his total season stats right now. You know, who, who would have thought he, he would have had an 860 OPS this year? He hasn't had this high of an OPS since the last time he was in St. Louis, which is crazy because, uh, yeah, like literally in 2012 with the Angels, he had an 859 OPS. So with the Angels? In 2012 with the Angels. Oh, with 2012, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, literally he had an 859 OPS, and now he has an 860 OPS. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, who would have thought at age... 42. 42, he'd be able to do this, but... it's It's been very is. fun and inspiring. Yeah. You know, I think it's brought... It's brought something to baseball that I didn't really know we needed. Like, with the fact that we have two, like, historic home run chases at the same time. Uh, it sucks that Pujols had to do it on Apple TV. But yeah. I hope... Uh, someone better go to Major League Baseball with a complaint, like, just based on that. Because there's so much evidence there and major league baseball will say like well we gave it to everyone for who had apple tv for free like all you had to do is sign into your apple tv account you could have watched it for free yeah but still like that's stupid it is stupid yeah yeah they're you know trying to spread their seed of and and you know obviously it's a it's a business it's a money game there Mm -hmm. as to why that's happening but uh yeah it definitely sucks that it has to that way and you know we you can discuss to death that why mlb making uh games less accessible is a bad thing for baseball but but it's also the least surprising thing you've ever seen yeah but yeah to bring it back um yeah pujols i think we we did mention this like it's the first time where really everyone has everyone has been on board rooting for a 700th home run and you know since babe ruth People might say Babe Ruth, but like yeah. Babe Ruth's 700th home run wasn't a big deal because his... 600 was also a big deal, and so was 500. Like when Babe Ruth retired, how far ahead was he on the all-time the, home run leaderboard? He was probably the first to get to 300. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Might have been the first to 200. So that were both. It wasn't actually, a big deal that he got 700. I did want to talk about something that was just absurd. So MLB on Fox put out a. Uh, like a top five unbreakable records uh, graphic mm-hmm. in baseball history, and it was it was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I think it was in light of like the, you know the AL home run record probably going down, and yeah. like you know someone hitting someone taking that long to get to seven hundred, knowing that seven sixty two is the record, which it is pretty hard to imagine someone ever getting to seven sixty two in our lifetimes. But anyway, so on the top five most unbreakable records, number five was Cy Young's 749 complete games. That was number five. <laughs> nobody, nobody is getting, like, halfway there in the rest of our lifetimes. Right. 749 career complete games. Also, there's... Number like, five most unbreakable there's record. There's a laundry list of pitching records that will never be touched. Like yeah. To- like, like, innings pitched in a season, yeah. wins in a season. Yeah. They're like, all in the 1800s, but... Right. Yeah. Anyway... I thought Cy Young at five was unbelievably bad. Okay, yeah. Um, number four, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, 325 starts as a battery. That's fair. Like, yeah. is it a top five most unbreakable record? No, but like, <coughs> yeah, it's hard to imagine that's ever going to be done again. You know, yeah. like those two guys played on the same team for close to 20 years, and outside of 2011, they were both healthy for yeah. most of them. Yeah, a lot of factors, yeah. 
like health of players mm-hmm. and then free agency. A lot of things that make that hard to do. So number, number three. three was Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak. Yeah. Pretty, un- I mean, like, unbreakable is fair, but top five unbreakable, I don't know. Like, it could happen. It, yeah. Pete you know, Rose it, got Is it unlikely? Exactly. Is it unlikely? Sure. Like, you know, there's a reason it's stood as the record for almost yeah. 70 years. But Actually, exactly. 71 years. But yeah. But, yeah. Cy Young had 511 wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's so stupid. Number two, uh, Shohei Otani with 10 wins and 30 home runs in a season. I- I'm assuming they're they're making this list on the basis of things we're never going to see again. We could see this next year from Shohei Otani. Yeah. Like, maybe no one else will do it again for a while. But Shohei Otani could easily get 10 wins and 30 homers next year. Yeah. Like, no doubt about it. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. And the number one was, this one's a joke. Barry Bonds' all-time home run record at 762, which is probably not even a top five unbreakable record from Barry Bonds. True. Like, you want to tell me that 762 uh, home runs is more likely than 120 intentional walks in a season? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or a 609 OBP. 688 intentional walks in a career. Yeah. 2,558 walks in a career. So anyway, that was the list. The worst omission... And you could probably figure it out. The worst omission of this list, what do you think it is? Um, what, like 678 innings in a season? That's close. I was thinking a little more modern than that. Uh, worst omission, oh, What is it pitching or batting? Hitting. Well, I guess it is a hitter. Yeah, it's a hitter. Um, I don't know. Cal Ripken Jr. Oh, yeah. yeah. How, how do you not put that on? 2,632 yeah. consecutive games played. Yeah. And, and that's, that's and, and Shohei Otani doing something he could do next year is more breakable than that. Yeah. that And that took 70 or uh, 60 years to break yeah. for him. And he broke and that. Like, and that was like when Lou Gehrig did it. People said the same thing, that it was never going to be broken again. Yeah. And Cal Ripken did it and then played 500 more games. Yeah. And now, like, you know... At, I don't think it's a bad thing, but now we have scheduled days off. Yeah. A, a guy getting 162 games in a season also is playing, an accomplishment. Yeah, and playing injured is a little more frowned upon now than it was then. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm not hating on it. No, absolutely not. Like, think about it. If Cal, like, Cal probably played injured a couple times during that. And during that time, if you played injured, it's like, dude, you're, you're a legend. You're insane. Like, that's great. And now, if you play injured in, like, a regular season game... It's like, what are you doing? Like, why yeah. are you doing this to yourself? Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like in the playoffs to today, sure. But right. even then, even then, it's like, if you're playing a hurt in the playoffs and sucking, it's like, you're not helping your team. Like, please right. leave the field. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, exactly. the the pools thing brought up that graphic, and I thought we needed to discuss because there are so many things wrong with it. Like, Cy Young at 749 career complete games at number five is absurd. Yeah. There are not four, like, those four <laughs> records are all far more breakable. Yeah, and it's just, like, the whole unbreakable records thing with baseball. It's so subjective. It And it's so stupid because look at every career or single-season pitching record. Is anyone ever going to throw 7,356 <laughs> innings? No. Is anyone going to throw, what was it, 5,749 strikeouts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or five, yeah, 5,714 strikeouts or something like that. Yeah. Um, or 
Is that the innings? I should. I, like, I feel like there's got to be unbreakable by two different standards. It's unbreakable because the game is simply different, and unbreakable because, like, no one's ever gonna be that good again. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like Barry Bonds' 688 intentional walks is unbreakable because no one's ever gonna be that good again. Like the game has not changed in anywhere, any way to where it's unreasonable to believe. You know, there's less intentional walks now or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like maybe there is less intentional walks only because Barry Bonds is no longer in the game. Yeah, right. And like, if you like, it's not con. It's it wouldn't be controversial to say, you know, oh, no one's gonna get 110 shutouts in a career again. Yeah. But like, it, maybe it could be controversial to be like, you know, no one will get a 1422 OPS again. Yeah. It could be like that. That would be like you know, I guess a a, a challenge. Yeah, like it's it's unlikely, but it's plausible. Yeah, like look at the stretch the judges had, and I know that that's only a month out of a six month season, but you know if you could do it for a month, there's a chance it could be done for six months. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, I thought we needed to get into that. It's it's funny. It is funny to react to uh, corporate baseball accounts being, being dumb. Yeah, and, and just like yeah, just trying to. Trying to drive the conversation. Also, the fact that it's MLB on Fox makes it maybe reasonable that Ben Verlander put together this list. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, I'm surprised there isn't some Justin Verlander record on there, if that's the case. Yeah. But it also doesn't surprise me that he put Shelly at number two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nope. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a thing Justin Verlander did. 24 wins in a season. We never will be done again. Never done again. 101 from a starter in the eighth inning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll never MLB see that one. cover of the of MLB 2K12. <laughs> never will be done again. Never will be done again. Uh, just wait till 2112. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, he beat the record. <laughs> all takes exposed. <laughs> it's like, what? I, I thought climate change would wipe out all humanity by then. Like, yeah. I, I had a reason to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, are we get are we ready yeah, to go to players? So uh yeah, now for uh our Tuesday and by the way, all these stats that we're gonna be talking about are going into To be fair, there's four games being played today. Yeah. Unfortunately one of my how about that is playing. is playing. Wait, do you have multiple how about that's? Oh yeah, spoiler. Oh wow. Yeah, um, I decided. You know, I I decided I would go with multiple. But anyway, anyway, uh, it is time for our Tuesday, September twenty-seven, twenty twenty-two edition of. How about that? Who do you have for us today? So my how about that is not playing tonight. Neither is my slightly alarming, but uh. My how about that is Seth Brown from yeah. the Oakland A's. Since September 4th, September 4th, he is slashing 307, 411, 758 for an 1169 OPS and a 230 weighted runs created plus. That weighted runs created plus ranks second highest in the majors over that time. You already know who's number one by, yeah. I think, 67 points. Which is very funny. <laughs> During this span, he has a barrel rate of 27.7% which trails only Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez among the 281 hitters with at least 25 batted balls over that span. 
Before this span, he had a hard hit rate of 40.5%, and in this span, it is up to 57.1%. Additionally, before this span, 13.8% of his bad balls had a launch angle above 45 degrees, and in this span, it has shrunk to 7.1%. He's almost cut that in half. He's hitting the ball uh, way in the air a lot less. And that's impressive because, as I'll get into later, he's actually hitting a lot of fly balls. Each of his last seven batted balls have all been hard hit, and also in the last weekend, he homered and walked off both Jacob deGrom and Max Sercher. Wow. Yeah, they played the Mets this weekend in Oakland. Not an easy ballpark to hit in. He walked and, and homered off deGrom and Sercher in the same weekend. I would like to imagine no one's ever done that. <laughs> to be fair, they only played on the Mets for one year, but it doesn't matter. Basically, Basically two months. Basically two yeah. yeah. Um, during the span, his 474 <laughs> average against four-seam fastballs ranks third highest among the 110 hitters with at least 85 fastballs seen, and his 1263 slugging ranks, or it leads the 236 hitters with at least 64 seam fastballs seen. And this is thanks in part to his 60% fly ball rate against four-seamers during the span. So Seth Brown, uh, he's done a really impressive job and has established himself likely as the everyday first baseman in Oakland next year. Sort of taking a similar route to that his predecessor, Matt Olson, did in Oakland in 2017. Yeah, Seth Brown. How about that? I was, uh, I was almost going to pick him last week, so luckily mm-hmm. he swooped in. And, well, uh, he only homered off the Grom and Searcher since. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's been good. I, I actually listened back to some of our like um, preseason questions that we ask for every team. Mm-hmm. And you asked who I thought would lead in slugging for the A's. And I said, Sean Murphy and uh, Seth Brown has edged him out. <laughs> yeah. Sean Murphy has hit well, but he has not slugged that much. Yeah. hasn't slugged that much, but I mean, uh, total package. He's mm-hmm. been unbelievable. Uh, almost a five win season for him, I think. Um, so yeah, I have two. How about that? I didn't go like crazy on either. So I figure, you know, it's kind of fair. My mm-hmm. first how about that? Is playing currently. Luckily, he, you know, he hasn't popped off, but he hasn't, you know, gone bad. He's he's one for three right now. Um, I'm talking about Glaber Torres, who heading into Monday. Is September, this a uh, this is a comeback special? Is this is an ARR comeback special for the first time this year. Uh, Glaber Torres, who in his last twelve games, uh, he is hitting three eighty three with a twelve fifty OPS. And a 250 weighted runs created plus. In this span, he ranks third in average, fourth in on base percentage, third in slugging, third in OPS, and third in weighted, weighted runs created plus. Out of 211 hitters with 25 plus batted balls in this span, his expected Woba ranks fourth uh, out of 211. And his average exit velocity has gone from 89.7 miles per hour to 93.5 miles per hour. His barrel rate has gone from 9.1% to 27.8%. That barrel rate ranks third out of 211 behind, guess who? Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez. So, uh, yes. That's that's actually pretty awesome. We have the same line in our How About That's for two different people from two different spans. Yeah. They're both 27% uh, barrel rates, too. Yeah, and and just wait till my next How About Oh, boy. Glaver Torres. How about that? Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. What's up with the beer? So with that one, I went a little more high profile. 
playoff team, contending team. Yeah. He's surrounded by a good offense there. Uh, opposite with this one, although actually kind of similar age, Brian De La Cruz. I Dude, <laughs> I he was good in 2021 for a period of time, and I wanted to do him so bad, but it's just like he needed a little bit more. And then I wanted to do him as my player to watch on the Marlins this year, but then I found Lewis Head. Yeah, and I was like, I need to highlight this guy somehow, but I've never found a chance, so I'm very glad. And it's weird to say you stole it from me when I've, you know, I've been linking him for a year and a half, but I also just have not done anything. So thank you. Yep, <laughs> from the Marlins, Brian De La Cruz. He's uh, a little background on the guy. He's 25. He, I guess, technically not in his rookie year, so he's in his second year. Uh, he was the return in the Yimmy Garcia deal. Mm-hmm. The Astros um, got Yimmy Garcia and traded Brian De La Cruz and, and another prospect. Uh, so Brian De La Cruz, ready for the Marlins right now. In his last 11 games, he is hitting 400 with a 1219 OPS and a 235 weighted runs created. Plus, in this span, his average is tied for second. His slugging ranks third, OPS ranks third, and weighted runs created plus ranks third. Um, what's crazy about Brian De La Cruz is usually, you know, with these guys in these spans, you know, you can count, you know, their their average is pretty high, but their expected bad average is a little lower. Brian De La Cruz in his last 11 games is hitting 400 with a 424 expected batting average. He's also slugging 800 with an 885 expected slugging percentage. And out of 174 hitters with 25 plus batted balls in the span, his Expected batting average ranks first, and his expected slugging and expected Woba ranks second behind Aaron Judge. Uh, also in the span, Brian De La Cruz's uh, barrel rate is 27.3%, which ranks third out of 174 <laughs> behind Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> uh, man, Aaron Judge and Jordan. This is basically a how about that for Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brian De La Cruz's sweet spots percentage is in the span is 60.6%. That is first out of 174. And out of out of 33 batted balls he's had in his last 11 games, none of them have been pop-ups. Wow. And uh, Brian De La Cruz's span, it doesn't seem completely fluky as in his 316 plate appearances overall this year, he has a 284 expected batting average, 496 expected slugging, 12% barrel rate, 44.4% speed spot rate, and a 30.1% line drive rate. So potentially a Marlins bat to look at in the future. Brian De La Cruz. How about that? Yeah, Chris, congrats on unlocking my secret infatuation with Brian De La Cruz that I've kept from you for a year and a half. Happy to do it. Happy yeah. to do it. So now we'll go from the highs to the lows with our uh players and subjects that have been underperforming with our tuesday september 27 2022 edition of slightly alarming who do you have for us today so my uh my slightly alarming a little bit more high profile uh, i'm talking about bryce harper Ooh, yeah in the month of, in the month of september he is slashing 153 267 319 for a 587 ops and a 59 weighted runs created plus he has seen a heavy dose of four seamers throughout this month of September, and he really has not gotten a hold of them. 
his 118 batting average against four seamers is the second lowest among the 98 hitters that have seen at least 104 seamers this month, and his 176 slugging percentage ranks fifth worst. Before this span, he had a hard hit rate of 51.9%, and in this span, it is down to 38.3%. So his hard hit rate has dropped by about 15%. Also in this span, his line drive rate was 34%, which led to the 297 hitters with at least 150 batted balls. That was April to August. Obviously, you know he missed a chunk of that. But from April to August, he had the best line drive rate among the 297 hitters with at least 150 batted balls. And in this span, it is 14.9%. That is the lowest he has had in any month since May of 2013. Wow. It's been over nine years since Bryce Harper has had any month with a line drive rate that low. And it's (coughs) resulted in him hitting 150 this month. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Bryce Harper. Slightly alarming. And Chris came into the little recording room and I was like, wow, that's a stat. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about. Stat and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, my slightly alarming is currently playing. I'm not going to acknowledge what he did today. Um, <laughs> don't look at it. But uh, but I don't know if he's he's not super high profile, but he was the National League Rookie of the Year, uh, Jonathan India. Yeah. Uh, in 2021. Do we know what he's done today, or is it just don't? Or is it just I have no idea. I'm I know. Tonight. I know. Well, there's a specific thing that he did that he he hadn't done in this span. Oh, that's highly he, unfortunate. Uh, so in his last 16 games, he's hitting 143 with a 393 OPS, and in these 16 games, he has zero extra base hits, and he definitely didn't get an extra base hit tonight. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. <laughs> he did not. Do not look at baseball savant tonight. Uh, he did not hit a double in the in the seventh inning that had a exit velocity of one hundred. Or uh, sorry, in the first inning that had an exit velocity of ninety nine miles an hour and expected batting average of four fifty. That was also a barrel. That didn't happen. Oh, it was inning. a barrel too. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, out of one hundred sixty seven qualifiers in this span, that is going into Monday, September twenty sixth. Uh, his average is fourth lowest, slugging is second lowest, and OPS is also fourth lowest out of 167. His average exit velocity had gone from 85.8 <laughs> miles per hour to 80.0 miles per hour. Uh, his hard hit rate had gone from 31% down to 17%. And out of 40 batted balls in that span, he had one barrel. But he just added one tonight. <laughs> He's doubled his barrel amount tonight than yeah. he has in the last. <laughs> and uh, out of 233 hitters with 25 plus batted balls in this uh, 16 game span, his average exit velocity was seventh lowest and hard hit rate was ninth lowest. So his average exit velocity was way down, which is not great considering he was, you know. A 20 home run guy last year uh and you know a guy who had some power but yeah uh not hitting the ball very very hard lately so jonathan india slightly alarming you know i don't know if you've seen the crowd tonight in pittsburgh um but you know it's a it's a monday night game against the reds on september 26th when both teams are very much out of it uh anyway if you've seen that the evidence, they haven't announced the attendance for the game yet, so I think that double just doesn't count. 
Yeah. Nobody saw it. That's true. The same way we disregard 2020 sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jose Abreu did not win MVP, but Jose Ramirez still did get screwed in that. Yeah, it's true. Like, that... Whatever existed in 2020 and what didn't exist is just our choosing. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's up to it's up to people to decide what happened and what didn't. Right, yeah. Like, the Marlins were a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, like, the Reds weren't. <laughs> yeah, the Reds weren't the playoffs team. <laughs> Sorry, Reds. Yeah. Um, no, no, actually, no, the Brewers weren't. That's the real team we're kicking out. The Marlins absolutely made the playoffs with a record of 29-31. Can, same cannot be said for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Mar- yeah. Reds. The Reds can exist, even though they scored zero runs in two games. So the Marlins are extras. a playoff team, but the Cubs didn't win the NL Central. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, I know they played each other. They the played playoffs. each other. It was a two game sweep. <laughs> uh man, you Darvish is almost Cy Young season. <laughs> it wasn't real. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who were like the random good players from that year. Dominic Smith. Tom Smith. That didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let me let me check like the twenty twenty. I haven't checked the twenty twenty leaderboards in a minute. Yeah, it's it's uh. Who were the guys that year? It's that something. Just were never guys in any other season. Um. Right. Dare we say Trent Grisham? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. <laughs> Cesar Hernandez never had a two win season. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Even in a one sixty two game season. Yeah. By the way, uh. We we would never we probably wouldn't bother mentioning him on slightly alarming, but uh, he had twenty one home runs last year and he has won this year. Wow! In one hundred thirty eight games, huh? I don't know what the deal is with that. Like he only had a one fifty four isolated power last year, so it's not like he was just this great power hitter. Uh, but yeah, he's decreased his home run count by twenty. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah, that's that's weird. Cesar Hernandez had his third best F war in the sixty game season. Right. And he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other seasons with at least uh hundred twenty games played. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of pitchers who just balled um, out. Well, I mean he was on the Guardians slash, you know, uh Cleveland. Uh Mike Yastremski. Mike Yastremski. How about uh, Brandon Lau, first half MVP? How about Dallas Keigel having a sub two ERA? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, oh, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease Dylan's... ceased all over the place. <laughs> but now he's ceasing in a different way. Yeah, he's like the real season. Um Did Nelson Lamette, that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. That's a well, big one. The, the best foolish baseball tweet was Sixto Sanchez. We, <laughs> you know, we were like, we love. Uh, oh, you know baseball. what a good one is? Dylan Bundy. Yeah. That wasn't real. That wasn't real. Um, what, what was his tweet? I, I have to go back and, <laughs> and find this gem. Sixto Sanchez never existed. We collectively hallucinated him. That's yeah. Foolish Baseball on September 3rd, 2022. <laughs> yeah, sadly, he has not pitched since that season, which is a shame because he was awesome that year. He was so good. He, like, he and Sandy were like, they pitched games one and two in Chicago, and we were like, oh my god, this pitching staff. Yeah, Sixto, we're still like, oh my god, this pitching staff, but... Sixto was my, uh, I think he was my rookie of the year pick that year. In 2020? He might have been. 
Interesting. But I think it, it ended up being uh, who? It ended up being Devin Williams. Yes. yes. I think I just picked a random guy because I didn't know who to pick, and I was like, yeah. this guy's ETA is 2020. Yep. <laughs> sure. He's... Because Rookie of the Year can be such a crapshoot. Yeah, it can be. Like, sometimes you'll get a guy like Julio winning it, who is like, you know, top of the line prospect, and sometimes you get Spencer Strider winning it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like a tale of two rookie of the years in one season. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's sometimes sometimes it's like their only good year. So Jonathan India could just be that guy. Michael Fulmer. Yeah, Michael Fulmer. Uh who else? Yeah. Cody Pellinger. Yeah. <laughs> only two good seasons. A rookie of the year and an MVP. Yeah, and then just disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah. Who who had some like fake bad seasons in twenty twenty? Um well, you, it's not Christian Yelich. <laughs> nope. Not Cody Bellinger either. Yeah. I guess G, uh, JD. JD came yeah. back the next year. Yeah. I think I think age is just kind of getting um, to him now. Oh, Jose Altuve. The whole Astros yeah. 2020 wasn't real. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's something that... I know a lot of people wouldn't want to agree with that, but unfortunately that just is the truth. Um... You know who wasn't real? Evan White from the Mariners. Yeah. That guy was an everyday first baseman. And he has since uh, not existed. Yeah. He played twenty. He played 30 games in 2021 to the tune of a 25-weighted runs created plus and a negative .7 F war. Damn. Uh, 30% strikeout rate with a 5.8% walk rate, 188 BABIP. Yeah, see, Evan White it was nice, not real, unfortunately. Yeah. He was only real in 2020. Half the Marlins pitchers were only real in 2020. Yeah. Because they had to cycle through so many people. Yeah, I don't know. How many pitchers did the Marlins use that in a 60-game season that year? They had the big COVID thing at the start yeah. of it. 37 pitchers uh, and 25 position players. Um, do we want to get into preview of the week ahead? Yes. Yeah, let's um, do that. I'll be talking about series to watch. Daniel will be talking about day-by-day matchups. In terms of series to watch, I don't know. It's getting a little bit dry now because a lot of things are being clinched now. and Yeah. Maybe like, keep... the Guardians probably clinched the three seed at this point. Yeah. That yeah. just feel like maybe that's not real, but it feels like it is. Like, there is... It's weird not having exactly a week left on this Monday. Well, I mean... Well, they clinched the division, so... Yeah. They have to have. I wonder. I wonder if they did. I wonder if they actually did clinch the three seed. Well, like, doesn't? No, they have not. Well, what do you mean by clinch? Like, well, they like have to the... settle for it. Well, they're probably not getting the two seed. Yeah, no. And they are obviously not going to get the four, five, or six because the division winners get the top three seeds. Yes. Yeah. So they had to have clinched the three seed in the AL, right? Yeah. It feels like I don't think they have. It doesn't look like it. But it, they basically have. It doesn't count. Right. Um, um, so speaking of... Actually, no, they had to have, right? They're... Right, right, no. I don't yeah, know. No, they actually haven't. But they're playing the Rays this week. Yeah, that's true. Home. Let me check. And that's going to be a three-game series. Uh, good stuff. Maybe playoff... Maybe playoff preview. Okay, yeah. Who knows? The uh, the Yankees look to be they're eight up in the win column and nine up in the loss column. <coughs> so eight and a half games up. 
with what <sighs> ten games to go. Actually, you know what the. Blue Jays and Guardians have the exact same record, so I can literally just go off of what the... Yeah. Um, the Yankees have a division magic number of two. They could actually win that tonight with a win against the Blue Jays. They're still tied 2-2. Two to two. It's actually in the bottom of the ninth now. Uh, the Cardinals have a division... Or a magic number of three, which is... Uh, that'll be clinched this week. The only good division race right now is the NL East, which yeah. is the Mets Braves. And even then, the stakes aren't outrageously high because both those teams have already clinched the playoffs. Yeah, and we'll have a home series to uh, yes to start the playoffs. Yeah, we'll likely be facing. Well, I guess just. I mean, as of right now, they're set to face the Padres, but that could change. Yeah, the winner. I mean, I guess the best thing they're playing for, assuming that whoever loses that division wins the wild card series, is they get home field against the other, or do they play the Dodgers? Well, the the best thing they get. Is I think I think free, they play. I think a, they a free. Win. Yes, yes. I think they play the Dodgers actually. Which but, imagine we're either getting if that's the case, we're either getting a Dodgers Padres rematch, which would just be, I'm just gonna say that's a sweep for the Dodgers. Yeah. Or a Dodgers Braves round four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and speaking of Padres Dodgers, they're playing each other this week. Yeah. It's going to be a Petco. Uh, that's going to be a Dodger sweep. It's uh, what is the what are, the what are their head-to-head records this year? It's a joke. Like um, that's not even a rivalry anymore. It just seems yeah, it just seems to be the Dodgers is stomping all over them. Uh, that's all I really have for the series to watch. That's fair. The Dodgers are fifteen, or no, so they're they're twelve and four against the Padres. Yeah, with, that's, uh, that's not good. A hundred runs scored and forty one runs allowed. Wow, that is insane. So that how did the how did the Padres win four? Yeah, so the, <laughs> the Dodgers score six point two five runs per game against them, and allow. Uh, 2.6. That is... Let me let me look at some of the highlights. So the average game is 6.3 to 2.6. <laughs> Dodgers. Let me look at the highlights from that, from that season series. So you got a... Uh, okay, so you got a, uh, an 11-2 win, an 8-4 win, a 9-4 win, a 12-1 win, a 4-0 win, 8-3 win, 8-1 win, 7-2, 5-1, 3-1, 10-2... Six one, oh no, yeah, six one. Those are the wins, and the losses are three two. That's a one run loss. Five four. That's another one run loss. Seven to one. That's a that's a legit one, and then four to two. Yeah. Yeah. The Dodgers are kind of owning them. Yeah, Dodgers do that. Yeah. They be like that. Yes, they do. Um, day by day matchups. Yeah. So on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. Or I guess today, you got Hunter Green versus Mitch Keller in Reds Pirates. That's actually going to be a fun matchup. Both yeah. both pitchers very interesting this year. Um, you will have Jamison Tyon and Jose Barrios facing each other in the Yankees Blue Jays, which is still going as of right now. Looks like Clay Holmes is in facing Ryan Maltapia, so that's almost a guaranteed ground ball. Um, Michael Walker will be pitching for the Red Sox against the Orioles. He's Turned it around this year. He's been really solid. Pablo Lopez and Carlos Carrasco will face each other in Marlins and Mets at City Field. Zach Wheeler and Marcus Stroman will face each other in Phillies Cubs. It Wrigley, that's a good one. Lance Lynn and Bailey Ober will face each other in White Sox Twins. Bailey Ober, <coughs> one of my Twins players to watch. 
Miles Michaelis and Adrian Hauser will face each other in Cardinals Brewers. The Cardinals could clinch the division in Milwaukee. That would be interesting. Lance McCullers Jr. will be facing uh, Zach Davies in Astros. Diamondbacks have been made. Patrick Sandoval will be facing the A's for the Angels in Anaheim. Tyler Anderson and Blake Snell will be facing each other in Dodgers Padres. A couple of lefties at Petco. Robbie Ray will be facing the Mariners, or will be facing the Rangers for the Mariners at T-Mobile Park. And Herman Marquez and Logan Webb will be facing each other in Rockies, Giants, and Oracle. And the matchup of the night comes from Guardians Rays in Cleveland. It's Corey Kluber versus Shane Bieber. It's Old Ace versus New Ace in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. And it's a couple of playoff teams looking to, well, I guess the Guardians pretty much have their season figured out. But the Rays are still trying to lock on, latch onto that five seed, maybe try for the four. Yeah. They still got a lot to play for. Three Cy Youngs in that, in that, uh, very true. In that matchup. Yeah. Now, Shane Bieber's 2020 is real. That absolutely happened. That yes. Happened. <laughs> Please consider it with all of the great seasons when you're talking about like a bunch of great seasons with these amazing rate stats. Yeah. Exactly. Please do. <laughs> How about this one? The next day in Rays Guardians, Tyler Glasnow versus Tristan McKenzie. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Tyler right. Glasnow being back is pretty cool. It's got to be his first start back. Yeah. I'd imagine he has to be on an innings limit and probably will be like in a bullpen role for the postseason. Yeah. That would be my guess. You will have Garrett Cole and Mitch White going against each other in the Yankees Blue Jays. Worst case scenario, that will probably be the day that the Yankees win the division. Yep. If they don't win it tonight. Jesus Lazardo and Taiwan Walker in Marlins Mets. Uh, ooh. Aaron Nola versus Hayden Wesneski in Phillies Cubs. If you have not looked into Hayden Wesneski, do it as soon as you can. Okay, I will. He was acquired in the Scott Efros trade by the Cubs, and he has been awesome. Like, nice. beyond awesome. You should, Chris, you should do that right now. All right. Um, Johnny Cueto will be facing the Twins for the White Sox. Weird that that matchup means nothing now. Or, well, it will soon. Jose Quintana versus Brandon Woodruff in Cardinals Brewers. You will have Michael Lorenzen facing the A's for the Angels in Anaheim. Julio Arias versus Joe Musgrove in Dodgers Padres. Martin Perez facing the Rangers. Facing the Mariners for the Rangers at T-Mobile. I've mixed that up twice. And the matchup of the night comes from Diamondbacks Astros. It's Zach Gallen versus Justin Verlander. That's yeah. a pretty easy one. Wow, yeah. Big run prevention game there. Look at his expected statistics. I'm well. I'm uh no. I'm talking about oh. the gallon. Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about Wes Neski. I'm trying to find out how to spell Wes Neski. I think it's Hayden with a Y. Oh, I was for some reason I was typing in Hunter. Oh, Hayden Wes Neski. Hayden Wes Neski. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez will be facing the Royals for the Tigers uh, at Comerica. That'll be a one o'clock start on Thursday. Lucas Giolito also at one ten will be facing the Twins at. Uh, target field. Nathan Avaldi will make his return from the IL to face the Orioles at Fenway at 1.30. Um, Ranger Suarez will be facing the Cubs for the Phillies in a day game at Wrigley. Jeffrey Springs and Cal Quantrill will be facing each other in the finale of Guardians Rays, a potential playoff series. Cole Irvin versus Shohei Otani in A's Athletics in Anaheim. Uh, John Gray will be facing the Mariners for the Rangers at T-Mobile. Ryan Felder and Carlos Rodon will be facing each other in Rockies Giants. That's all that's announced, so I guess <coughs> kind of by default, the matchup of the day is, uh, let's say, Cole Urban versus Otani. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, 12.5% line drive rate against uh, Hayden Wesneski. Yeah. Pretty nice. Very good FIP. 
Um, I think his expected statistics are even better than his actual, like what is his Woba. His expected ERA is 1.70. That's pretty good. Over four games, 22 innings. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. That's a that's a piece that will probably be in the Cubs rotation next year, along with Justin Steele, who's hurt right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Cubs have two uh, defined starters for next year, most likely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, along with Stroman, so that makes three. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio. Follow, uh, or, yeah, uh, also, yes, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want. It is, uh, Above Replacement Radio on YouTube. Um, go to the playlist if you're interested in our baseball history series. Um, go check that out. Put a lot of work into that. Yes, and it's kind of timeless. So, like, even though we made some of those episodes two years ago, um, you know. They still hold up. Like, Walter Johnson has not added anything to his resume since we've covered him. Yeah. The only thing you could say is, like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, some of the how about that are dated because maybe yeah. maybe Aaron Judge has has has, ruined, has ruined some of those. <laughs> um but yeah. We hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next week or maybe, you know, not to promise, but maybe later this week, but probably next week. Who knows? Uh where mm-hmm. we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. Uh, that's it. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.